This is Your Daily Drive with Rick Thomas, a podcast dedicated to people seeking solutions for life's questions. Now, let's go for a drive. Here's Rick. How would you answer this question? If you were starting a local church, would you have a biblical counseling strategy for your local church? Let's imagine that you're a church planter and you want to plant a church in your community. How would biblical counseling be a part of your church planning strategy, your church planting strategy, or would it? The first thing that I would say is that you have to define your terms. In my mind, before you have any discussion on biblical counseling, you must have a solid working definition of what biblical counseling is, and it is more than doing intensive discipleship. And the reason that it's important to have a a sound or a strong definition is because your starting point, how you began, is going to determine how you progress. It also is going to determine that the goals that you hit all along the way. Therefore, I would not recommend any other definition of biblical counseling that does not encompass the full scope of the human experience, because it is the full scope of the human experience that biblical counseling speaks to. That means that a thorough and proper definition of biblical counseling involves a person's pre-salvation, salvation, and their, sancti- and their sanctification experience. Biblical counseling is ministering the Word of God to the souls of the human family. That's what biblical counseling is. It's ministering the Word. The Word of God is appropriate for every person. It doesn't matter if they're pre-saved or saved. The Word of God, the Word of God spoke to me before I was saved. I was counseled in the Word before I was saved, and of course I became saved. And then after you are born again, Uh, There is much more that you can receive from the counsel of God's Word. So the truth is, regardless of what a person is experiencing, there is an answer found in the Word of God. So would biblical counseling be relevant in a church plant? Well, absolutely. Biblical counseling is ministering the Word of God to the human condition. And the truth is, biblical counseling is actually a modern term for soul care, which includes evangelism and uh, progressive sanctification. So before you talk about biblical counseling and how biblical counseling can make an impact on a local church or a local church plant, it's imperative that you define the term correctly. Intensive discipleship, that's only a part of what biblical counseling can do, but it can do a whole lot more. I mean, for example, Jesus was counseling Nicodemus in John 3, he was ministering the word to an unregenerate person. And, and then when you turn the page, Jesus is counseling the word again, or he's ministering the word in John 4, where he's talking to an unregenerate, non-born-again person, the woman at the well. Uh, would biblical counseling be a good strategy for a local church? Absolutely, uh, it would. A sound methodology of counseling in its most basic and comprehensive form is really anything that comes out of your mouth plus your silence, plus your body language. Counseling is a full body experience, meaning everything about you is providing a message that conveys how Christ is working in and through you. Here are two examples of that. When I love my wife well, I am communicating or counseling to others how the message of the gospel is affecting me. 
Conversely, there's a negative aspect to counseling as well. When I choose anger toward my wife, I am communicating or counseling others how the message of the gospel is not affecting me. My primary use, when I use the term biblical counseling, to be honest with you, when I use that term, I'm using it primarily for marketing purposes. The truth is, people understand the term, or they will typically receive that term more readily than they would receive the discipleship term, and that's been my experience. And so our, our, the name of our organization, our incorporated name, I mean, we are branded as rickthomas.net, but our incorporated name is the Counseling Solutions Group. And we do that because we don't say the Discipleship Solutions Group because I'm trying to communicate a message to the culture. Again, people understand that term, so I think from a marketing perspective, if you want to use that language, it resonates with people and they do understand it. That is quite simply where our culture is today. People come to me for counseling. People do not come to me for discipleship. And I'm talking about Christians and non-Christians uh, come for counseling as well, and I'm happy to counsel non-Christians. But Christians also come to me for counseling, not for discipleship, though the words in all actuality are interchangeable. So here is a key statement. Biblical counseling is nothing new. It is the modern repackaging of an old idea, the ministry of the Word of God, into the lives of men and women. Now, I have a mind map uh, in the show notes that you can go, and you'll see this mind map, and the title of it is The Many Manifestations of a Singular Idea. Uh, the singular idea is the ministry of the Word. What is the ministry of the Word? Evangelism, mentoring, discipleship, accountability, sanctification, premarital counseling, parenting, training, shepherding, small groups, teaching, equipping. Uh, these are some of the ways that we minister to Word. And, and the truth is, as you'll see on this mind map, biblical counseling can do all of these things. Biblical counseling can encompass evangelism, mentoring, discipleship, accountability, sanctification, premarital, parenting, training, shepherding, small groups, teaching, and equipping. All of that's ministry of the Word, and all of that can be or fall under the umbrella of biblical counseling. So there are many manifestations of this idea of ministry of the Word, and biblical counseling can be synonymous with all of these ideas, as this mind map communicates. So the most important thing to begin this conversation is to have a clear definition of biblical counseling, which uh, the synonym to biblical counseling is the ministry of the Word, and that is a an all-encompassing term, ministry of the Word or biblical counseling. So Michael's asking me a question, uh, four of them uh, to be precise, and here's the first one. He says, where does biblical counseling, or as he says, intensive discipleship, make the biggest impact in a church planting strategy? Intensive discipleship, the term he's using here, is a more formalized counseling construct where a person with the gifting for high-end discipleship, somebody like Michael, who's being trained in high-end discipleship or as a formalized biblical counselor. Uh, so intensive discipleship is counseling individuals or couples through relational and situational difficulties. You may understand the term better by using a less clinical term like crisis counseling. This kind of discipleship, intensive discipleship, is the most acute form of discipleship. 
It is the type of counseling that is more private, intense, and personalized. Now, every Christian has the gift of counseling, but every Christian does not have the gift of counseling at this level. Now, we read in Romans 15, 14 that every Christian, so the entire body of Christ, has the ability to counsel. And that's what Paul was saying in Romans 15, 14. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and you are able to instruct one another. So in Paul's mind, everybody had the ability to counsel. So you attend a local church, I would assume. And if you do, everybody in that local church, from Paul's perspective, should be counseling or instructing uh, one another, should be ministering, uh, have a ministry of the word toward each other. Now, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 4, we know that every Christian has different gifts. And so Paul said in that verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 4, he says that they are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. So we know that, that everybody doesn't have the same level of gifting when it comes to the ministry of the word. So each Christian should be counseling according to how God has gifted him or her. But every Christian cannot do intensive discipleship as what Michael is asking here. So everybody can counsel, but everybody counsels according to their gifting. Now, the obvious benefit to doing intensive counseling in a local church plant is that it will mature the infrastructure of the local church. And what I mean is that the core people who make up the church plant will be more mature in their sanctification. And that is vital if you're going to plant a church, if you're going to have any church, because the strength of a local church, humanly speaking, will be dependent on the core group of individuals and families that make up that church. It's similar to our physical bodies. The stronger the immune system is of our bodies, the more likely our bodies will be able to handle the things that could potentially weaken it. Now, I have an infographic here in these show notes that kind of communicates this idea, and I'll try to describe it uh, to you, is two concentric circles. There is a very large circle, and then there is a tiny circle inside of that large circle. The tiny circle represents a church uh, where the people who are volunteer volunteering and the people who are leading the church, the core members of the church, the core people of the church, they have a weak gospel-centered DNA. So this circle in the center is very small. And then there's this very large circle that encompasses this little tiny circle. And this very large circle uh, comprises of all the attenders that uh, show up on Sunday. They are not necessarily volunteering, and they're not doing the work, work of the church, and they're not the core members. Now, that is a poor church model. If, if the infrastructure of the church is smaller and weaker and not able to accommodate all the people that are pouring into the church, then you have a poor church model. However, if you are developing your infrastructure uh, if you're doing intensive counseling and, and, and biblical counseling and, or discipleship, if you're discipling and equipping the core group, then they will mature, they will become stronger, they will be able to replicate. Thus, theoretically speaking, they should be able to handle whatever comes to them. 
And so Michael is asking, where does biblical counseling make the biggest impact in a church planting strategy? It makes the biggest impact, whether it's a church planting strategy or any local church, it makes the biggest impact uh, when, you're, when your core group is mature enough to handle what is coming through the doors every Sunday. And so if you're going to plant a church, it is very important that you have a gospel-centered DNA that is driven down deep and broadly within the core group of people, and it's replicatable so that you're always replicating this core group so they can keep up with the people who are coming through the doors. Now, his second question is, how does an emphasis on biblical counseling open doors for evangelism? So this is the logical process that you would go through. If you have developed your core people smartly, biblically, that you have discipleship systems that is objective and measurable where people are being transformed, matured, made complete in Christ, and they are equipping others, then you are ready to open the doors of evangelism. Or as he asked, how does an emphasis on biblical counseling open doors of evangelism, cultural engagement, community service? He also asked, does it close any doors? This, I mean, this is what I would say, or this is how I think of it, that it's absolutely imperative to understand that if you can do in, intensive discipleship well, then you will be doing more than intensive discipleship. This is why I want to broaden out Michael's definition, because if you're doing intensive discipleship well, if you're good at it, then you're not going to be able to contain your biblical counseling activities to just that one discipline. If you're good at it, you're not going to be able to just do intensive discipleship. You're going to be meeting people all the way across the human spectrum with every kind of problem uh, that is known to man if you are good at discipleship. In 1997, I began leading uh, our church at that time in developing a biblical counseling center. That church continues to have a strong biblical counseling emphasis today, almost 20 years later. Prior to 1997, there was no biblical counseling emphasis in that church. Of course, the church was just six years old. One of the, here's one of the most surprising things that happened to, during this development process of introducing biblical counseling to this local church and to the community is that the, the word spread, what we were doing, it spread throughout the community. And though our church was already known as a compassionate discipleship community, by adding a pointed, specific, and directed biblical counseling emphasis, the community sat up and they took notice. Now, the result of that, the result of developing a biblical counseling culture within that local church, to answer Michael's question, it created a very wide door that the community was willing to enter the biblical counseling message from that church spread into the community. The community responded favorably to what they were doing or to what we were doing. And the result, it, in that result in itself, only highlighted the need uh, for a strong local church infrastructure. We needed a church to accommodate, or we needed a strong, mature church to accommodate what was coming through the doors because people. People were coming not only through the community, uh, but they were coming from other local churches, uh, which created another problem that I'm not going to deal with in this podcast. But the point being is that when you wave 
the biblical counseling flag and say, we do care about the souls of people and uh, we have the ability to do discipleship well. Bring your problems to our door and we will take care of you. When that message gets out, then you better make sure you have a wide door because people are going to come because people are hurting. Now, what that meant, among many things, is that the entire church body had to be envisioned and equipped with a biblical counseling worldview. If this does not happen to a church plant or any local church, then the church is going to be overrun with needy people who cannot be competently accommodated. And in time, what will happen is your church body will experience dysfunction. If you can't take care of the people beyond introducing them to Jesus Christ, then you will either stagnate in growth or you will find or they will find a church that can competently help them with their problems. And so in my view, you really have no choice if you want to be a healthy church that you have to have a biblical counseling emphasis. Now, again, you don't have to call it biblical counseling. You have to have a healthy, mature, competent discipleship emphasis. If you don't, when people come, eventually, uh, you know, they're going to realize what you are about. And they're going to realize that you're, you're not going to be able to help them you won't be able to retain them, and they will, they will go somewhere else. So using the analogy of our physical bodies again, if we are not strong enough, mature enough, healthy enough to withstand what is coming at us, then whatever enters through our gates, you know, our eye gate, ear gate, nose gate, mouth gate, uh, it's going to kill us. And this is one of the greatest failures of today's modern church. Now, what, they've, what many of these churches have done, they've created systems and strategies to motivate people to come and see, but they're not able to disciple them into maturity. A church with a strong discipleship emphasis that knows how to envision and equip their regular folks will be able to withstand the masses who will come to see them. Now, I have in the show notes here, and you can also go to our company's store, a free PDF ebook. The title of this ebook that I published a couple weeks ago that we've had quite a few downloads on is, Is Your Church a Preaching Center or a Discipleship Community? You can go here on the show notes or go to our company store and you can get this free PDF uh, ebook because it will give you a fuller treatment or it will examine a fuller treatment of this idea of not having a discipleship community, kind of what Michael is asking here. All right, here's his next question. Are there positive impacts on the local church culture from a biblical counseling emphasis that extends beyond any formal counseling activity? Now, as I mentioned earlier, if you are a competent biblical counselor, then it will be impossible for you to contain the positive effects that will flow out of your efforts. That is why I was also saying you can't just do intensive discipleship. That's not possible, not if you're good at it. Again, I mean, if you're good at it, then you're going to be doing everything that pertains to discipleship. You will be asked. And so there is a positive impact on the local church, but there can be a negative impact too uh, if you haven't equipped your people to be able to handle what can happen to you by having a biblical counseling emphasis. The community will come because the world is hurting. And they have found no satisfying answers at the culture's table. And so they're going to come to your table. And as far as the church is concerned, if you start waving a biblical counseling banner, what you're going to do is you're going to erect a positive message that your church will also be willing to enter into because their lives are messy too. 
they will be motivated to do the very thing that the community wants to do. They want to sample uh, what you are providing at your table because I mean, they are hurting too. And so whether it is your local church community or the community and the culture, they're no different in this one way they're, or these two ways. They're both hurting and they're both looking for answers. By having a strong biblical discipleship or biblical counseling emphasis, you will be speaking words that's going to resonate uh, to their deepest desires to be changed into something that's better than what they presently are. Now, because of this good effect of promoting biblically sound discipleship care in your local body, uh, there are some things that you will want to do, and it, it goes a little bit beyond the bounds of what Michael is asking here, but I want to throw this out here for your consideration is that you, you really are going to need to establish some early ground rules in order to sustain the positive sanctification momentum that will most certainly ensue if you wave the biblical counseling flag. Now, here's two concepts that we implemented right from the beginning when we set up a biblical counseling center in our local church in 1997. The first thing is uh, we communicated this message that everybody participates in providing biblical counseling according to their gifting to provide it. We, we didn't create a two-tier system of the haves and have-nots. Uh, there are some that can counsel and some who cannot. We, we debunk that notion uh, right from the beginning because it's unbiblical and it's unhealthy for any local church to think that there are the haves and have-nots. So there is no two-tier system of those who can play and those who can't play. Everybody gets to play, and we communicated that message uh, right from jump because it was important. It, uh, discipleship has to be a full-on, full-body experience. Everybody's got to believe it, and everybody's got to or should be practicing. And then number two, our primary emphasis uh, was on replication of disciples or replication of biblical counselors, however you want to call it, rather than primarily providing biblical counseling. And so we were more about replicating leaders uh, rather than uh, providing biblical counseling because the truth is, as I was saying earlier, if you wave the biblical counseling flag, people are going to come to you. And if you're not replicating people, you will be overrun. Now, my ministry today uh, operates under that same philosophy. Counseling is a secondary emphasis to what our ministry uh, stands for and provides. Our primary point of this ministry is the replication of leaders. Our, our big goal, our big objective is to identify leaders and replicate them because the need is that great. If, if the only thing that I did was biblical counseling, which I have done that, and I've gotten to the place where I could not meet the demand, the demand was outgrowing my ability to meet the demand and so we knew early on that we had to have a philosophy of ministry uh, that did not have the tail wagging the dog, so to speak, where uh, biblical counseling was the emphasis. It was the replication of leaders. If you're not replicating more than you are counseling, then what's going to happen is you're going to burn out the few people who are doing the counseling while hitting a ceiling of how many people you can bring care to. And that is exactly what happened uh, or what was going to happen in this ministry that I have today. And so the emphasis should always be primarily on the replication of leaders. 
And the more that you do that, and again, this is Jesus' model. Jesus' model. He found 12 and began to replicate them. And there were times that he would even push away from the multitudes because that was not his primary emphasis. And so we want to replicate 12, and then they replicate 12. Or what Paul said in 2 Timothy 2, 2, commit to faithful men who can teach others likewise. If you're not doing that in a church plant or a local church, uh, then again, as I said a while ago, you're eventually going to burn out the few people who are doing the work, and you're also going to limit yourself in what you can accomplish because you just haven't, quite frankly, you haven't replicated anybody uh, to meet the demand that's coming to you because of uh, what you have communicated to either your local church or to the culture, that we care for people and we, we can competently disciple people. Now, Mike, uh, Michael's uh, final question is, how can an emphasis on biblical counseling help mitigate the problems common to pioneer plants, uh, mother church plants, or revitaliz uh, revitalization church plants? Now, my best answer to this question is a healthy body is a happy body. And whether you're talking about your physical body or a local church body, if it's a healthy body, it's a happy body. The gospel is about transformation, and transformation has to go beyond salvation. To be born again is to be introduced to Jesus, but it's not to be transformed by Him. Transformation happens in our sanctification, not our salvation, and a church that does not do sanctification or discipleship, or biblical counseling, again, all synonyms, if they do not do it well, they will either not survive or they will be mediocre in fulfilling the Great Commission. The Great Commission, as you know in Matthew 28, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. A key expression in that uh, in the Great Commission, Jesus said, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so Jesus wanted us, part of making disciples is to teach them all that Jesus said. And so a healthy church that is operating in an ongoing healthy effect of the Great Commission, they'll be doing these four things. They'll be penetrating the culture. That's the going aspect. They will be baptizing converts. And so you, you penetrate your culture. You, uh, God creates converts. You baptize converts. And then you disciple them. You equip these new converts by teaching them everything that Jesus taught. And then you turn around and send them out in the culture. And there's a cyclic effect here. And I have an infographic in the show notes about that too. Uh, I, I called it the cyclic effect of the Great Commission. And so if you have a biblical counseling emphasis in your local church, people will come, and a part of biblical counseling is evangelizing, ministering the Word of God uh, to the condition of the souls of men of, uh, and women. And part of that condition is, is being unregenerate, and the Word of God speaks very clearly and profoundly uh, to unregenerate people. So you can minister to word, the Word. You can evangelize through biblical counseling. And then as they become saved or converted, born again, then you start equipping them. Well, of course, biblical counseling will equip them. And then, of course, you send them out. So a biblical counseling emphasis in your local church will give you a healthy church that is operating according to what Jesus taught us 
uh, regarding the Great Commission. So I think the benefits to his question about a pioneer church, a mother church, and a revitalization, uh, revitalization church, uh, I think the answers are obvious. For example, a pioneer church plant uh, should be building a healthy infrastructure, as I was talking earlier, while communicating a soul care message to the culture. So you can do both of those things as a, a pioneer church plant. You can be building your healthy infrastructure because you're getting ready for the people that are coming, and you want to always be building that infrastructure, and biblical counseling can accommodate that. And then you're uh, also communicating a biblical counseling or a soul care message to the culture. Now, if you're doing this, you're going to grow uh, and you'll be able to accommodate what's going to happen to you, which is people coming to you. The mother church plant uh, idea, you'll be able to cut ties uh, with the sending church quicker while also being positioned to plant your own church, another church. The church plant can plant a church if you're replicating leaders through the concepts that I presented here in this podcast. And the revitalization church plant, they can experience a modern-day revival when the soul care practices are honed to the point of compassionate competence that positions lives to be transformed. It doesn't matter what you want to call it. If you want to call what you're doing biblical counseling, that's fine with me as long as you define it, define it broadly, not narrowly. And if you envision the whole church to participate, uh, then you've done well. That What I have described here is is what Paul talked about or talked to us through his letters. He called on the entire church body of Christ to participate in the sanctification of souls. Biblical counseling does that. It calls for the entire church body to participate in the sanctification of souls while always reaching out to the community with the message of Christ. Thanks again for listening and God bless. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.